You're listening to American Indian Earwaves. For Marcus Lopez, I'm your host for the hour, Larry Smith. On today's program, the doctrine of discovery and dominion, the toppling of statues of Father Junipero Sierra throughout the state of California, and one year later since California's governor, Gavin Newsom, issued a public apology to California indigenous peoples for the state of California's racist past. Plus news from Indian country and a whole lot more. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. You can hear when the moon shines bright The lone through air in the black of the night You can hear, you can hear The whisper in the valley mm-hmm. And you know when come a cunny blows To the bar who drum And you're listening to American Indian Airwaves. First news highlights throughout Indian country. On July 6, this past Monday, the U.S. Supreme Court issued a ruling effectively halting construction of the $7 billion Keystone XL pipeline. The U.S. Supreme Court denied the Trump administration's request to allow the Keystone XL pipeline project to be fast-tracked through the federal permitting program. Based on the Endangered Species Act, the U.S. Supreme Court upheld a lower court ruling stating that the United States Army Corps of Engineers Blanket Permit for Waterway Crossings, known as National Permit 12, violated the Endangered Species Act. The United States Supreme Court, however, temporarily revived a permit program that would let approximately 70 other oil and gas pipelines cross waterways after only modest scrutiny from regulators. TC Energy, formerly known as TransCanada Energy's Keystone XL Pipeline Project, is a 1,200-mile oil pipeline that, if fully constructed and operational, will run from Alberta, Canada to Nebraska. The Keystone XL Pipeline Project has met resistance from indigenous nations, farmers, and environmental organizations over the past decade until President Trump was elected. The Trump administration has been attempting to fast-track the project since signing the January 24, 2017 executive order expediting environmental reviews and approvals for high-priority infrastructure projects. The executive order was signed in response to the Treaty Land and Water Protectors trying to prevent the construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline. On July 6 of 2020, in the Oshete Shikoan Territory, a federal judge ordered the Dakota Access Limited Liability Corporation, a subsidiary of Energy Transfer Partners, to shut down and empty their Dakota Access pipeline. The court's order is part of an ongoing lawsuit 
filed by the Standing Rock and Cheyenne River Sioux Nations. The court also recently found that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers had violated the National Environmental Policy Act when it granted an easement to Dakota Access due to failing to conduct a full environmental impact review on the project. The newest decision by the court orders the pipeline to be shut down within 30 days and must remain shut down until the environmental review process is complete. The $3.78 billion Dakota Access Pipeline is an 1,172-mile-long underground oil pipeline beginning in the shale oil fields in northwest North Dakota and continues through South Dakota and Iowa to an oil terminal near Patoka, Illinois. The Dakota Access Pipeline runs through the traditional Oshete Shikoan territories, violates the 1851 Treaty of Fort Laramie, and is opposed by several indigenous nations, farmers, and organizations. The Dallas-based company ran by billionaire Kelsey Warren recently stated that it will not currently empty the pipeline and in fact is accepting requests for shipments next month. The U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia has ordered the pipeline to be drained by August 5th of 2020. And in more pipeline news, this past Sunday on July 5th, owners of the $8 billion Atlantic Coast Pipeline project, Dominion and Duke Energy Corporations, publicly announced cancellation of the 600-mile natural gas pipeline. Both energy companies cited litigation risk and uncertainty about the financial viability of the project. Original construction cost estimates were $3 billion when the project was first announced back in 2013. By 2017, the construction cost reached $5.1 billion. And by 2019, Dominion and Duke Energy Companies estimated completion of the Atlantic Coast Pipeline would exceed $8 billion. The proposed Atlantic Coast Pipeline would begin in Harrison County, West Virginia, ran through the state of Virginia, and ended or concluded in Robinson County, North Carolina, in the heart of the Lumbee Nation. Like the Keystone XL Pipeline and the Dakota Access Pipeline, the Atlantic Coast Pipeline would have negatively impacted Native American communities and nations, destroyed sacred sites and their ancestors' resting places, in addition, poor communities of color would have been adversely impacted by the construction of the Atlantic Coast Pipeline. And this past Monday in Rapid City, South Dakota, Nick Tilson, a citizen of the Oglala Sioux Nation and president and chief executive officer of Indian Collective Organization, was charged with multiple offenses at an arraignment hearing. Tilson was one of the principal organizers for last Friday's action, protecting the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaty and opposing Donald Trump's visit to Mount Rushmore, which is located in the Black Hills and part of the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaty boundaries. Tilson was one of more than 15 people arrested at the action, which drew over 300 people. 
Tilson was charged for two felonies and three misdemeanors on Monday, including one count of robbery for allegedly stealing a riot shield from a police officer. The robbery charge of felony stems from the riot shield that was taken briefly and spray painted with the words land back on it. Moreover, Tilson is accused of stealing the shield that was apparently recovered in time to disperse American Indian protectors, and Tilson was also charged with a simple assault, the other felony after a law enforcement officer claimed she feared for her life. The misdemeanor charges include one count of obstruction of highway, one count of unlawful assembly, and alternating counts of disorderly conduct. Based in Rapid City, South Dakota, the NDN Collective is a nonprofit organization dedicated to indigenous power through organizing, activism, philanthropy, grant making, capacity building, and narrative change. Tilson was released from jail on Monday on a $2,000 bond. If convicted on all accounts, Tilson faces up to 12 years in prison. Also, this past week, the Washington Arskins National Football League team announced that the team had started a thorough review of their racially offensive name. The decision to conduct a thorough review came after the team's corporate partners, including FedEx and Nike, called for the name change. On Wednesday, July 9th, Amazon, the largest e-commerce retailer in the world, announced it would pull all Washington Arskins merchandise off its website. Also last Friday, the Cleveland Indians, a major league baseball team, announced that they too were reviewing their name for a possible name change. Indigenous activists over the past several decades have been at the forefront in fighting against racially offensive mascots in professional sports and public schools throughout the United States. And on June 23rd, the Indian Health Center of Santa Clara Valley in the state of California was a target of racially motivated violence in the form of vandalism. The words, white power forever, was scrawled across the sidewalk, according to Chief Executive Officer Sonia Tenowski from the Macaw Nation. The Indian Health Center of Santa Clara Valley is an urban Indian health organization which has been serving the greater Santa Clara County for 43 years, providing quality medical, dental, and behavioral health services to all. The perpetrators have yet not been caught. And with a COVID-19 update in Indian country and urban metropolitan areas with large Native American populations. As of July 7th of 2020, and according to the Indian Health Services Tribal and Urban Indian Organization facilities, there are approximately 22,538 COVID-19 test positive cases. The top seven indigenous nations and or urban metropolitan areas with large Native American populations include the Diné or Navajo Nation with 8,834 cases, the Phoenix Metropolitan Area in Arizona with 5,771 reported cases, Oklahoma City in Oklahoma with 1,867 reported COVID-19 cases, then fourth, Nashville, Tennessee, with 1,214 cases, then Albuquerque, New Mexico,
Mexico with 1,208 cases, then the Great Plains regions with 1,114 COVID-19 test positive cases and the seventh hotspot area for COVID-19 test positive cases is Portland, Oregon with 1,018 reportable COVID-19 test positive cases. And that concludes the news segment here on American Indian Airwaves. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. With the stroke of a pen, Trump's trying to undo everything we've worked so hard for. But as indigenous people, our existence is our resistance. We protect Mother Earth and the water because it's who we are and we have no other choice. I'm facing seven years in prison, yet I remain dedicated to peace and prayer. Pray with us. in four corners, four directions, four colors, and death rides on four horsemen, a black snake with some black tanks, uh, how much money do these companies need to make, they could drop their product but they wanna save a buck, already extracted billions, when is enough enough, I used to be in the oil fields, getting paid, but I quit, cause oil water I can't drink, look down and see Kamimi La die in the mud, I looked up and told myself that enough's enough Money does not own my soul, living comfortable It's not in my plans, my hands in the sand Some things worth more than gold Some things they can't be sold Some things can't be replaced She is your mother, the fresh water is her veins going on have we all lost our minds every human needs clean water to survive we're sorry your call cannot be called another profound insight i had on this trip is that the earth is our mother and brian that was something i i knew intellectually it was a some hippie concept I'd been exposed to many times. Oh man, the earth is your mother, man, you know. Mm. But the earth is our mother. It is literally, the earth is our mother and we are, we are absolutely destroying her. She asked for nothing from us and we are just abusing and wrecking her. And that, that was, became so clear to me and I, and I understand that so much now. Um, will that change the way you do yes, things? Yes, it will definitely change the way I do things a lot. You're listening to Prolific the Rapper with A Tribe Called Red, the most recent April 2020 remix of the song Black Snakes here on American Indian Airwaves. We wouldn't see it. Our prayers would not be needed. This movement's very needed. Indigenous wisdom unheeded and sacred things depleted. I'm Mexicano, Malacota, and I'm white too. I'm mixed with everyone, so part of me's just like you. Every group of human beings shares the same stuff. And if the earth is not your mother, are you from Mars?
since 1492. 500 years and counting. Surviving the genocide they call colonizing my turtle island. What is a fossil fuel? Continued destruction, nothing new. Living a system, taking our children, shifting their feelings till nothing's true. I had that money in front of me, but I left it. Cause oil money's dirty if my mother gets disrespected. We're disconnected, these times are hectic and feeling heavy. But still, we love all living beings and suffer for the many. We are peaceful people, that's why we walk. Prayer. And if that wasn't true, we wouldn't be standing here. We're peaceful people who walk with prayer. Turtle Island, have no fear. Despite what they show in the media, we're kind people, hold your ground. Change is coming now. And uh, it's, we don't have to compete with anyone anymore because a rising tide raises all ships, right? I mean, this is, it's not about me, it's about everybody. It is about everybody here on American Indian Airwaves. That was Polific the Rapper and A Tribe Called Red with the April 2020 remix of the song Black Snakes. In the next segment of today's program, American Indian Airwaves' Marcus Lopez speaks with Valentin Lopez, who's chairman of the Amamansa Nation and is one of three historic California indigenous nations that are recognized as Ohlone. Their traditional territories include the San Francisco Bay Area. Marcus Lopez speaks with Valentin Lopez regarding the recent actions of statues of Father Junipero Sierra being taken down throughout the state of California, the doctrine of discovery, and the value and implications since California Governor's Executive Order 1519 was issued approximately a year ago, where a soft public apology was issued on behalf of California to California Native American peoples for the many instances of violence, mistreatment, and neglect inflicted upon California Native American peoples and nations. And now Marcus Lopez with Valentin Lopez, chairman of the Amamansa Nation. You've been sent a letter to the Pope regarding Anuprasera, and then on December 8, 2016, you send a, another letter concerning the monument to honor the ancestors of the mass grave site and are at Mission Carmel. And another letter on August 2018, you send a letter of the Nuikama territory about to Fra- Father Narcisco Duran talking about erecting a statue of Sarah during that time. And then in turn, lastly, the last communication, communication on October 21st of last year, a letter to Governor Gavin Newsom about the considerations and recommendations for the Truth and Healing Council. Val, you have participated statewide conversation hemispheric conversation, global discuss, uh, discussions regarding the Hunupuro Seta and the issues surrounding that. So please, in recently in the Ventura area, if not the San Fernando Valley and other areas, people are taking action of removing the Hunupuro Seta statue for the atrocities and for the activity of the mission system. Please give us your view on that. 
I've been calling for the removal of statues and memorials and um, place names of all perpetrators to destruction and domination of Native American people for a very long time, including the Mexican period, missionary Spanish period, of course, and the American period. It's just, it is just totally shameful, shameful, the way um, our history is treated. They turn our brutal history and places into travel destinations designed to make money, to make money for the church, for the state, for counties, uh, for, for cities, and local communities. I mean, the places, uh, place names, they should be recognized for the atrocities, the murders, the brutality, the slavery, the rape, the torture of our ancestors. But yet rather than to do that, they, they honor it, they glorify it, they give value to it. And I don't know any place else in the world where that happened, you know? And so I've been calling for the truth to be told about California Indians for 20, well over 20 years now. And little by little, that message is getting out there. But we need to do so much more. The true history has to be told. And knowing that true history, if they then decide to continue to honor those things they do now, it will show that there's no value in our history and in our people. We'll continue their efforts to just erase us, erase us. But as Native people, we can't allow that. Now, value on the communique press release on the monument to honor Native American burials at Mission Santa Cruz, and then reburial in mass graves at the old Holy Cross Cemetery, it stated that the Mission Santa Cruz was founded in, in August 28, 1791. In 1885, the original Santa Cruz, Mission, Santa Cruz Mission Church was demolished and the new brick church was built. A new church was bigger than the Mission Church. Because of all this, the church exhumed up to 2,436 remains of those that were buried between 1791 and 1871. Of the 2,436 remains, approximately 2,000 were the ancestors of our current day Ama Mutsen tribe. The church then reburied them in a very small grave in the new Holy Cross Cemetery, which uh, there was a, a memorial for the Holy Cross Cemetery of your relatives, of your ancestors. People find that alarming. Please talk about the atrocities to capitalize what happened that numerous authors and yourself have been talking for decades? Well, Mission San, um, Santa Cruz was the most brutal in the mission system. Um, I agree, and most people do as well. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to um, dispute other people who don't agree, and that's fine. The life expectancy of Mission San Juan Batista was less than two years. The Indians and our ancestors who were taken there they actually killed the priest, Father Quintana, at that mission because of the brutality. You know, that whip that they would whip the, the, the Indians with, he started putting these metal barbs on that whip so it would tear their flesh and inflict more pain on the Indians. And as a result of that, the Indians killed the priest. But after killing him, they did something really symbolic, I believe. 
and that is they crushed his testicles. And we really think that there's a sexual message there that we don't understand or we don't know. But why else would they crush his testicles and, um, and, and such? But, you know, they, that, was, that was just 20 years later during mission times in the 17. Uh, well, no, it was 1880 when they were expanding that mission. But they didn't consult with the tribe, of course. They just got the remains and just dumped them in a mass grave. If you saw the size of that area that were that mass grave and putting 2,400 Native Americans in that hole, I mean, they were just all bunched up together. And it's just horrible the way they were treated. And uh, because our traditions are that we will not, you know, um, unbury our ancestors, uh, we decided to to put the memorial there. Um, but but that would not never be our choice of, for a reburial location. Our ancestors have been ignored, forgotten, and erased. So we want to, we want to um, wherever you know where we can in our territory, do, you know, take steps to ensure that they are never forgotten. And that memorial was just one opportunity for us to do that. Also, research uh, by Norman Potivin showed that one half of all burials were children under the age of 12. I know that strikes you as thematic, but as very personal to your life because of our children. What hits you the most about that? You know, there was a book written by, as a French explorer, John something Peru, Prowls, Perus, I don't know how to spell it, but, I mean, how to pronounce it, rather. But he made a stop at Mission Monterey, and he documented that stop very well. And he talks about the brutality and, and stuff. But one thing that he says in that book is all the children, all the boys, rather, under the age of 10 had a hernia from the hard labor. And the hernia, as you know, when it ruptures, and it will rupture, basically puts feces in your system and you die. That's what happened to those poor children, not only at Mission Monterey, but throughout the mission system. Those children were, were, were used as, as slave labor, and they were quickly, um, uh, uh, and they died as children who never had a chance to know happiness, to know their relationship, to know um, to, to know. Um, the, you know, to have love and to feel love and to know that they're important. That never happened to them. And that is such a sad, sad thing. And that's why that affected me to the point it did. We're speaking with Val Lopez, who is the chairman of the Ama Mutsin Tribal Band located around the San Juan Bautista area. And also the from the territory of a very large territory from Santa Cruz all the way to Samuel Bautista. Now, Val, I want to get down to the, the basics of it all. According to you and other indigenous groups, in 1493, Pope Alexander VI established Christian domination over the New World. He issued a papal bull called Intracateria, words that instructed Europeans to civilize, so-called, every so-called savage they encountered. The result of that proclamation, they claim, was genocide over 100 million indigenous people in just a few hundred years. Since 1992, groups like Indigenous Law Institute has been working to publicize the truth about the history of the intra sotero papal bull delivered by the Pope Alexander VI on May 4th, 
1493. This document, issued shortly after Columbus' first voyage to the Caribbean, expressed to Pope's earnest desire that barbarous nations be subjugated and brought to the faith itself and for the spread of the Christian empire, unquote. Earlier such crusade Vatican bulls called for perpetual slavery of Africans by capturing, vanquishing, and subduing them, and by taking away all their possessions of property. I read that you were very instrumental in proposing to the international Vatican courts the issue of the papal bull and this rescinding the papal bull among other indigenous people and organizations. Your comments, please. Well, I want to recognize that before I got involved, many tribes in the U.S. and in, in Canada and other, and other indigenous people around the world have been calling on those papal bulls to be rescinded and rejected. And uh, those, those papal bulls are so sinful and evil. Uh, let me um, add a couple. There, there was actually approximately four papal bulls that impacted indigenous people. And you said that they were to take slavery from Africa. They were to get slave, you know, if, if the indigenous people did not convert, they, well, uh, they were to be put into perpetual slavery if they did not convert to uh, the, the, the citizens of that European country and to, be, and to the Christians. Um, religions. So um, the papal bulls, I think, the, you know, they, 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 they put out a lot of damaging thing, what you said. But another thing they said is indigenous peoples have no soul. And I think that's a root <clears throat> that we see happening now. Because if you do not have a soul, that means you're not a human being. And so whenever they would whip us, enslave us, kill us, brutalize us, it wasn't a sin to them because we had no soul. And so not having a soul, as I said, is really the root. When I see what's happening with Black Lives Matter, when we see what's happening with the, uh, the immigration, the, you know, taking the, the youth down to the border, uh, separating it from the parents and stuff like that, those actions are so darn uh, damn sinful. But yet for them is not a sin. Putting your, neck, your knee on the neck of an African-American um, it's choking him to death. That, that is not a sin because that black human being, those little small children being separated from the parents, they are not human beings and they have no soul. That is what the papal bull um, gives moral authority to. And, and that's a huge um, a, a, a part of the papal bulls that not too many people talk about. But I think that right there is kind of like the most important and then the other thing that the papal bulls say, and, the, and this goes into the one that you mentioned, the doctrine of discovery. The doctrine of discovery did say that these countries were to go out and to convert to Catholicism. They were to convert to those European nations. But it also says that if they do not convert, they were to be killed. And that's why in the Americas, 100 million indigenous people were killed, died, put to death because they had no soul and they refused to convert. That happened around the world. That happened around the world. All indigenous people, Africa, India, Indonesia, Pacific Islands, and the Americas. So those, you know, those papal bulls, they're at the root of the treatment, exploitation, uh, and domination um, and attitudes 
to indigenous people that continues to today. Today, we could reopen that paper today and read about that happening. And you're listening to an interview with Valentin Lopez. He's chairman of the Amamansa Nation, one of three historic California indigenous nations that are recognized as Ohlone in the San Francisco, California Bay Area. He's speaking on the doctrine of discovery, the impact of the California mission system on California indigenous peoples, the recent activity of statues of Father Junipero Sierra, the founder of the California mission system being taken down throughout the state, as well as his response to the one-year issuance of California Governor Newsom's executive order which was a soft public apology on behalf of California to California Native American peoples for the many instances of violence, mistreatment, and neglect inflicted upon California Native Americans throughout the state's history. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Sacrifice you. Sacrifice me. The altar of democracy. The altar of democracy. The altar of democracy. Sacrifice who? Sacrifice what? Sacrifice you? Sacrifice me? The altar of democracy. The altar of democracy. The altar of democracy. The altar of democracy. Sacrifice you? Sacrifice me? Sacrifice me. Big business decision. Big business decision. Big business decision. Maximizing profit. Maximizing profit. Maximizing profit. Third world labor. Third world labor. Third world labor. It's cheaper that way. It's cheaper that way. It's cheaper that way. It's cheaper that way. Big business decision. Big business decision. Big business decision. Savings and loans. Savings and loan, savings and loan, trillion dollar debt, trillion dollar debt, trillion dollar debt. And there's tax man at the door, tax man at the door, tax man at the door, telling me I gotta pay, telling me I gotta pay, telling me I gotta pay. And banker man, banker man, banker man, has the deed to the land, the deed to the land, the deed to the land. Rich man, rich man, rich man behind 
Behind God and the flag. Behind God and the flag. Rich man behind God and the flag. Behind God and the flag. Rich man's taking more. Rich man's taking more. Rich man's taking more. And the poor. And the poor. And the poor get more poor. More poor. More poor. More poor. The altar of democracy. The altar of democracy. Sacrifice who? Sacrifice what? The altar of democracy. All there is to it. All there is to it. We don't believe what you say. We don't believe what you say. We don't believe what you say. It doesn't have to happen like this. It doesn't have to happen like this. It doesn't have to happen like this. We don't accept what you say. We don't accept what you say. We don't accept what you say. We won't roll over for you. We won't roll over for you. We won't roll over for you. All there is to it. All there is to it. The altar of democracy. The altar of democracy. Sacrifice who? Sacrifice what? And the thieves got away. The song As It Is off the album Johnny Damas and Me by John Trudell here on American Indian Airwaves. In the final segment of today's program, Marcus Lopez of American Indian Airwaves continues his conversation with Valentin Lopez, who's chairman of the Amamansan Nation, one of three historic California indigenous nations that are recognized as Ohlone. Valentin Lopez is speaking on the impact of the doctrine of discovery on California indigenous peoples, as well as the Alta Spanish mission system's impact on California indigenous peoples, and his response to the recent bevy of activity of people taking down the statues of Father Junipero Sierra, the founder of the California mission system, and the one-year anniversary of California Governor Newsom's Executive Order 1519, which is a soft public apology on behalf of California to California Native American peoples for the many instances of violence, mistreatment, and neglect inflicted upon California Native Americans throughout the state's history. And now back to the interview with Chairman Valentin Lopez. Val, we talked about the papal bull, and we talked about the implications of the papal bull. 
one of the things I wanted to ask you is how do you relate it to the issue of land and territory? Because the my dad used to say in our discussion earlier, if people want to read the works of uh, Stephen Newcomb, of Pagans in a Promised Land, they can go into the mythology of what it means actually to the continent of Africa and the Abayala South, Abayala North, which is this hemisphere, and then the other continents throughout the world. What does this mean in reference to domination? And like I said before, my dad used to say the Spaniards came with the Bible in one hand and the sword in another. Please, and educate our listeners to the nature of domination and of land or territory. Well, the papal bulls give the moral authority to churches and to nations, to, to, Christian, to Christian churches and to European nations, white and European nations, to go out and conquer the world and to dominate the people and the lands. That's an important one, dominate the lands. Whenever they were considering canonizing Unipero Sarah, you know, what's really interesting is, is um, I grew up Catholic. And not until I got to college did I, you know, just change, you just stop going and stop practicing, etc. But one of my good friends for a very long time, um, he passed away recently, was Bishop Francis Quinn. He's a retired bishop, Sacramento. And when they were considering, when they, when they, were, when they announced they were going to canonize Junipero Serra, um, I went and visited him. And we talked about that. And Junipero Serra said, if the church or wanted, came to the Americas to evangelize in the name of Jesus Christ, he said they should have read the Bible first. If you read the story of the Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan says, that you evangelize with words, with deeds, with love, with patience. You don't come in with soldiers and weapons and aggressions and whips and stocks and chains. That is not the way you evangelize in the name of Jesus Christ. So they did not come here to evangelize. They came here to dominate. They were going to force our religious conversion, force it on us. And if we didn't accept it, we were to be killed. And that's what they did. They would have, they would whip people who didn't pray, who didn't attend church. And in San Francisco, there's a story where a person was in church praying while he was a, a, a native, was in church, and he wasn't paying attention or was looking bored or you know, wasn't following the directions. And they actually got a lance and stabbed him with the lance. So he paid better attention. And then all those baptisms they did, the people were converted to the language. And the people did not, when they sang songs, they were taught the songs. They didn't know what the heck they meant. But they just did them to survive and so they wouldn't be whipped or they wouldn't be killed. That's not evangelizing our, our people. And so, our, you know, it was just pure brutality and force to get us to convert. And that was, you know, and, and that, that, that's a horrible thing and, and sinful thing. And the church, you know, still believes that it's a wonderful thing that they did for us. Thank you, Val. The issue of the papal bull and of history, and especially of the social justice movements about institutional racism. Now, the governor knew, Newsom 
of the state of California issued an apology to the California tribes. And part of this is that in your communique, your first thought was not to accept this apology as a tribe, but yet then in turn, you later talked about on their, the governor's office talked about the wellness and the truth and healing council that they were to produce. And you outlined, and I think it's important now what I mentioned to the listeners is part of the, it's easy to take down a statue, but it's a different thing to work on all these different issues that you're talking about, which is, which is why we have this conversation and about to heal the truth, that, that the truth must be told. Not only is it important for Native Americans to heal, but the perpetrators must also heal. And that lasts you to have a healthy relationship, relationship. It takes two healthy parties, which is kind of a pretty bold statement on your part, uh, Mr. Lopez, because of the fact that you imply that the state of California is not healthy. So please comment on these, uh, on these points for our listeners and for this all important subject matter. Sure. Sure. You know, our tribe has held wellness meetings for 11 years now. They're bi-monthly meetings. And we talk about how to heal from historic trauma. And and when we were talking to our youth about, you know, finding healthy relations so they don't get involved in unhealthy relations where, you know, because so many of our members were making very poor choices on how to find a mate. And so we talked about how to recognize your, you know, um, you know, how to get yourself healthy first and then how to recognize other, uh, the other parties or the other persons who are healthy and only, only get involved with, with those that are healthy. But healthy means telling the truth. Healthy means they sincerely listen. Healthy means that they truly care about you and everything they do. And there's much more than that. You're listening to an interview with Chairman Valentin Lopez of the Amamansa Nation here on American Indian Airwaves. He's speaking on the doctrine of discovery, the California mission system's impact on California indigenous peoples, the recent activity of statues of Father Junipero Sierra being taken down, and the approximate one-year anniversary of California Governor Newsom's public apology on behalf of the state of California for its quote-unquote mistreatment of California indigenous peoples. You're listening to an American Indian Airwaves. Now back to the interview. But then as, as, our, as, as our elders and our tribe was talking about this, we said, well, wait a minute, how about our other relationship? You know, I mean, do we want a relationship with the federal government, the state government, the city and county governments? How healthy are they if they're going to destroy our sacred sites, if they're going to destroy our cultural site, if they're going to perpetuate the naming of schools and streets after the perpetrators, you know, the people from the state of California, you know, during the gold rush, we have a Fremont mountain peak right in our territory, you know, and Fremont was responsible for the largest single day massacre of Indians in the entire United States. And one day they massacred over a thousand Indians up by Clear Lake. And they, and they, you know, they have schools and parks and streets and mountaintops named after him. How is that healthy? How can we have a relationship with someone unhealthy as that? And the church is particularly unhealthy, well, equally unhealthy. You know, they want to name the streets Mission Street, Unipero Sarah Boulevard, Unipero Sarah Freeway, 
They want to tell lies about our history, saying that we came to the mission voluntarily, that we came to find a better life, that we came to learn agriculture, or we came to find God. Those are all lies, and, they, and they're pushed by the church. So how healthy can they be? Um, today, our tribe that will not, that does not, is not interested in having relationships with any of them. And so that's why for that truth and healing part that Governor Newsom is calling for, the state has to recognize itself as a perpetrator to the destruction of Native Americans. And they have to take steps to get themselves healthy. And this is what I'm really afraid of, afraid of. Because when they call for a truth and wellness council, you know, that's so that the Indians can get healthy. You know, what can we do for the Indians to make sure that they're healthy? You know, the state of California more, um, needs more healing than the tribes do. These perpetrators that do this stuff need a heck of a lot more healing than tribes do. And until that happens, there will never be good relations between them. And lastly, Val, we can see the conditions of the pandemic and we can see uh, the conditions of the social justice movement and particularly the Black Lives Matter. How is institutional racism expressed today? You mentioned some of the points of the church. You mentioned some of the points of your monuments. Now, what about the institutional racism, how they, people treat your band? Is it racist? Is it prejudicial? Is it discriminatory? Please express what you feel about what is institutional racism, how is expressed in relationship to California Indian people in general, and in particular, the Alma Mutsen tribal band. Well, the first example that comes to mind is what's happening to our most sacred site. Our most sacred site is just south of Gilroy. We are a federally recognized tribe. There's no laws that protect our cultural sites our, and our spiritual sites. There's no laws for protection of any of that. Um, it is illegal for our tribe to have ceremony today. I don't know if you know that, but it is illegal for federally unrecognized tribes to hold ceremony. In 1978, whenever Jimmy Carter signed the, free, uh, the Native American Freedom of Religious Act, that only applied to federally recognized tribe. That did not apply to unrecognized tribe. So that is, so it is still illegal for unrecognized tribes to hold ceremony. But whenever we look at that site just south of Gilroy, it's known today as Sergeant Ranch, but to our tribe, it's known as the place of the Big Head. And the Big Head were our most important um, uh, uh, dances and ceremonies, the, the Eurostock. And what they're trying to, what they're doing today, there's a proposal to do sand and gravel mining of four of the of the sacred mountains that are right there, and they're just going to turn those four sacred mountains into a big pit in the ground. And the county's um, general plan allows that, and the developer has money for lawyers and everybody else to allow them to do that. And there's no law in the book that will protect us. All we have is public opinion. And so we're working very hard to put pressure on the county by public opinion to, uh, to have the county planning office deny that permit. But that law should not even be on the book. If we were any other religion, if we were a federally recognized tribe, 
That would not and could not happen. But because we are federally recognized, because we're a Native American tribe, there's no protection for us. And that's probably, a, the, the, you know, as I said, that was the first example that came to mind. You know, and the other one, of course, is that we're not allowed to practice our spirituality, at least not legally. We still do it. And we say, come and arrest us. But it is illegal every time we do that. And we know it. Um, there's a lot of other examples. I mean, if, you know, um, they, whenever they tried to wipe out our, our, our traditional foods. I mean, whenever you travel now, 96%, when you look at the mountain, the landscapes and the mountains and et cetera, 96% of those plants are non-native. And, and now they're forces to eat plants, to eat foods that causes diabetes, obesity, blindness, heart issues, and kidney problems, et cetera. That's a huge part uh, of what society does that is very discriminatory. They deny our native foods to us. They're denying our native foods to us, knowing that it will kill us. The death rate of Native Americans is the lowest of anyone else in the United States. You know, how is that? And then you look at incarcerations, poverty, the same thing. Our, our, you know, it's suicide. Our tribe has tremendous numbers for all of those. I mean, I was on the phone this morning with a member who was admitted to emergency yesterday for a drug overdose. Now he has to deal with the law enforcement and stuff. You know, and a lot of people say, well, he just makes bad choices. No, that's a result. Five, six, seven generations of historic trauma where they, they lose their identity. They lose their, you know, they don't receive the love they, uh, and the self-esteem as a baby because the parents don't have it. You know, the parents are supposed to teach them, you know, our prayers and our ceremonies and our places of power and the purpose that they are here. All that has been lost. And so today our people suffer all of those social ills and stuff like that. And people say, well, they just make bad decisions. Well, how can you make bad decisions? when you weren't taught how to make good decisions in seven, eight, nine, ten 10 generations. It just doesn't happen. Now, lastly, Val, you mentioned many things. I mentioned earlier during the discussion of this interview about your letter to the Governor Galvin Newsom regarding the considerations and recommendations for Truth and Healing Council. Any response? Uh, I know that a lot of things have happened since then, the pandemic and the economic crisis and the health crisis and the housing crisis and the mental health crisis and the, health cr and, and the many other crises that are mental health crises and many other crises that are tied to the inability of and also the situation regarding to the pandemic. Has there been a response to the governor from your letter yet? No response. No response. And I'm not surprised. That's not the first letter I wrote to the governor. I've gotten no response from uh, this governor. Whenever he was a lieutenant governor, I got no response. From Jerry Brown, I got no response. But that doesn't stop me from writing the letters. And also, um, another thing about that um, Truth and Healing uh, Council they're trying to put together, um, the, the governor promised enough money to do the job, but recently that budget got slashed to $100,000. What is a statewide committee with the number of members going to have going to do with $100,000? That's not going to do a darn thing. Um, and I've talked to the, um, 
the person um, at the Native American Heritage Commission saying that I'd like to be on that committee, I haven't heard from them at all. So I'm, it's doubtful, very doubtful that I will be a member of that committee. And uh, that, that bothers me greatly. The moment of silence is over. And that was Chairman Valentin Lopez of the Amamonson Nation, one of three California indigenous nations recognized as Ohlone, speaking on the impact of the Doctrine of Discovery, the Alta Spanish California mission system on California indigenous peoples, the recent activity of statues of Father Junipero Sierra, founder of the California mission system being taken down, as well as the one-year anniversary of California Governor Newsom's public apology on behalf of the state of California to California indigenous peoples for the state's quote-unquote mistreatment of California indigenous peoples. And that concludes our show for today here on American Indian Airwaves. A special thank you to our guest, Chairman Valentin Lopez of the Amamonson Nation. A special thank you to our musical guest, Aragon Star, Koopa Aina, Prolific the Rapper, and A Tribe Called Red, John Trudell, and the band Blackfire. American Indian Airwaves is mixed and mastered in the studio of Burnt Swamp Studio in Signal Hill, California. For Marcus Lopez, I've been your host for the hour, Larry Smith. Until next time. Silence is over.